Peace, peace, peace. Ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of 99 Pod. It's not 1999 anymore podcast, and it's going down today. As you all know, we had Championship Sunday yesterday. It's going down. We had a triple header on Saturday in the NBA. It's going down, and yeah, it's going down. Ring around the posy. Okay, like, subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content that we have coming your way. Because, man, it's Monday. It's the top of the week. And now we shall speak. So let it be written. So let it be done. Little Shadamas on the mic. Man, what a dark day in the NFL. It was actually a dark day today. It's very dark. You know you know why it's dark? Because the officiating mm. all across sports took the biggest L over the weekend. My God, okay, my God, people was on the payroll as I'm getting a call right now. They don't like it. The system is already against me two minutes into the damn show. But you know what? I'm going to talk my stuff today because that's what I do. And you know what? It's time for the cue. We might as well begin. In some ways, I think that song, right, Nowhere to Run, Nowhere to Hide, uh, should be dedicated to the police officers out here that mess with my man Tyrese Nichols, okay? That mess yeah. with my dude over here. That's for y'all, by the way. And even though I was rushing to my intro, right, we still here. And we got our fellas here on the mic right now, my co-host, you know, starting with my guy Zay in the building. Zay, how you feeling? You know, it was, it's it's just, this weekend was atrocious. I ain't gonna lie, there's a lot of things happening this weekend, um... And it was just not, you know, it was not good. You know, you know, you think when you were told when you were younger, you work hard, you play hard, you get you get your benefits, you get the blessings. You you work hard, you, you got the talent for it with the work ethic, you'll get to the promise and you'll get to the to the awards and the trophies. That was not the case this weekend whatsoever. Mm. Someone snatched away opportunities after opportunities after opportunities, and that's what I'm I'm starting to see. A lot of just people snatching away opportunities. I'm not a paradise, man. This is this is Black Monday. I just I feel like this is Black Monday. And I feel like the person who job got robbed of the fans. They got robbed of seeing a great Absolutely. showing of talent, a great showing of what is supposed to happen throughout the, the championship games and seeing the best talents go against the best talents and seeing who's the better man. I don't know if we saw the better man win this weekend. It's crazy. We're going to talk about it. You know, we're going to talk about it in a few. Okay. You know what's crazy? The day that Zay says he's not in paradise, it's going to be a show. Because oh. this guy's always in paradise. Tornado Wait. outside, I'm in paradise. Earthquake, I'm in paradise. Okay? The missile attack, I'm in paradise. The comet attack, I'm in paradise. The, the asteroid attack, I'm in paradise. The Jets lose, I'm still in paradise. Right? 
But this guy's not in paradise today. That tells you a lot. And you know what, Zay? That's even more on a philosophical level. That's a life lesson, right? You was all taught when you went to school, you could be anything you want. And then you realize that college is a scam. You realize that you done gave money to the government and they go and hit you with the with the um up price, whatever you call it, the interest, okay? And America don't have your interest. When you realize that as an American, you start to look at life pretty differently. But nevertheless, I got my cousin on the building. He is an Eagles fan. You see the gear. You know he cares. And you know he's happy. Cousin, what's going on? What's going on? Um, I guess I am in paradise, all right? <laughs> Listen, as, as a football fan, as an Eagle fan, uh, I've been an Eagle fan since the 80s. And we talk about some grueling years. In the 90s, some grueling years. The Donovan McNabb ever, some grueling years. Clearly, we won a championship five years ago. And I think it's my time. It's my turn. It's the Eagles' time. It's the Eagles' turn to not just win a championship, but to win championships. You see that? Chips. So I think as we just got to the Super Bowl, we'll talk about that later. But I think this could be an ongoing thing for my Philadelphia Eagles. Freddie Systems in the building. And we're going to talk about the Eagles in a couple topics. We might as well begin with the elephant in today's room. We're going to talk about it right now. And before we do, like and subscribe to the channel once again to be notified of any, and I mean any, and I mean plenty of new uploaded content that we have coming your way. You're welcome ahead of time. Did the Chiefs' gutsy win prove that Patrick Mahomes is still king of the NFL, Zay? Absolutely not. That, mm -hmm. that win, he don't get me wrong, the way he played, the way he performed, Mm -hmm. was absolutely um astonishing one one foot essentially he had a he, he could have run he tried to do a rush there was a lot of different things Patrick Mahomes couldn't do in the game um couldn't do 100% and uh, we still be seeing a guy that gave guts and glory you know praise to him you know he did all he could and his talent is astronomical but that doesn't mean he's the best and I think you know the refs helped him out a lot he got the golden boy treatment he got the Tom Brady treatment from the refs, his game. Interesting. The man got the golden boy treatment. Everything. The mm -hmm. Bengals got everything. They did everything wrong. The, 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 first of all, they got a flag just for stepping on the field. Like they, they, that's, mm -hmm. the, the man's got flags for everything. You know, even slight tugs. Even Gene in a, in a, in a booth was saying, yeah, I wouldn't have called that. That's not really a, a hold. That's not really a, a defensive PI. There's a lot of different things, a lot of different calls that the refs botched, especially three third and nines. That is ridiculous. The refs are completely changed the dynamic of this game. Now, the last play, that's clear. That was a late hit. That no, no one is even arguing that. That was a late hit. The kid, the kid did a really bad move against the best player in the league, and on the top of that, almost ended his career because he almost messed up his knee at right. that moment. So, you know, hopefully MRIs come out good. He doesn't have any torn nothing. He's he's healthy. He has a clean bill of health. But the, the, the game wasn't decided because Patrick Mahomes outstanding talent the game was decided because the Bengals were robbed the Bengals were robbed of an opportunity to compete in the game the refs mm -hmm. called a horrible game one of the worst officiating games in NFL history was you could point to this game mm -hmm. this is the reason why refereeing needs to change now rather you miss a call or you call a bullshit call excuse my language you get fined you need to you need to get you need money needs to come out your pocket because you're taking you're taking money out of these guys pockets you see you robbing fans of a good game because you're calling bad calls. So money needs to get taken out their pocket or there needs to be another system, a robotic system to, to identify these plays, to identify these calls because the refs are messing it up on a possession 
possession basis. It's not clean for the game of football. Mm -hmm. Robbing people of watching great playoff football. We had two outstanding, talented Mahomes and Burrow. We could have been having a better discussion this week, this game. If Mahomes would have won this game without the refs cheating, oh, would have okay. been Mahomes number one. But right now, right. Talking about a whole different discussion. I'm not even talking about Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'm talking about the damn officiating when I should be focusing on Kelsey getting touchdowns. When I should be focusing on Mahomes playing on one leg, throwing a ball down the field. When I should be talking about um Pacheco getting a touchdown and then getting the calls back. Because they, it, it, there's so much that went wrong in this game. I couldn't even focus on the talent. I couldn't focus on T. Higgins having good plays and good touchdowns, Moss and two um defensive backs. I gotta focus on the damn officiating. That's ridiculous. Why on a Monday do I have to look through every sports network, including 99 Pod, to talk about some damn NFL officiating during the playoffs? That is horrible. That's just a horrible job. And I hope Roger Goodell fires each and every one of them. Cuz, are you up? Oh, man. Well, Zay, you had a – that was an interesting take, bro. And officiating, we're going we're gonna to address that really quick, but let's go back to the question. Did this prove – that Patrick Mahomes is the best, right? Is that the question, Cuzzo? Yep. Absolutely, because I never got off that take. I always said he was the best. I told y'all about giving people their flowers way too early, okay? Clear. You know how crazy we look right now trying to say that Joe Burrow was better than Patrick Mahomes just last week, and now we got to come on this thing and say, hey, maybe not. Let's be clear. Joe Burrow threw two interceptions um, yesterday. He also threw an interception in the fourth quarter. He did not play a great game. Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, <clears throat> without receivers, backup receivers, three of his top receivers went out. Uh, Tony went out. Harmon went out. Uh, Juju Masusta was out. These not real players that he was playing with. Let's be fair now. On one leg, let's also be fair. Them double team and Chelsea, um, Kelsey, pretty much the whole entire game, and he still managed to throw 300 yards, two touchdowns with no interceptions. Okay? On the other side, when you got Jamar Chase, you got uh, 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 T. Higgins, you got all of these players, he threw two interceptions, one touchdown, okay? Patrick Mahomes threw up a higher percentage than he did. Also, Patrick Mahomes, uh, clearly, like I just finished stating, was in 100%. So now just rewind all of this. Forget about the fish head. We'll address that in a minute. Who's better? Really? And you're going to sit up here and say that he's not better? Patrick Mahomes is not better than... Joe Burrows? We can't do that. We can't do that today. And I don't care how bad the officiating is. Okay. And I've seen some bad officiating games. Okay. And I won't, I won't put this up there with the most horrendous, horrible officiating game I've ever seen. Now it's just brand new. It happened yesterday. It was a bad officiating game. I could admit to that. Right. And I'm glad you addressed that, Zay, when you said he's getting the golden boy treatment, the Tom Brady treatment, because we had some bad officiating games during Tom Brady Day. But I don't take nothing away from Tom Brady. He gets the golden boy treatment because that's still the GOAT. He's still the greatest. And I don't care what bad call Tom Brady got. You, as 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 competitors, sometimes maybe Tom Brady didn't get a good call. Got to overcome it. That's what we are taught in the world of sports. Overcome the refs. Overcome it. Because we ain't talking about the Burrow two interceptions. We ain't talking about them putting the ball with, with, with 45 seconds left right down the middle of the field. Okay, we're not talking about some of these things, okay? Because these are things that you could control. But clearly Cincinnati did not control that. They made mistakes. And Joe Burrows, as the question at hand, is Patrick Mahomes still the best player? Absolutely, because Joe Burrow didn't look that great yesterday. 
And clearly, with, with Patrick Mahomes being compromised, with his team being compromised with receivers, he still looked better than Joe Burrows. Okay? So just to go there, yes, Patrick Mahomes is better because I never left that take. Now we address some officiating games. Uh, you want to talk about the bad officiating games? <clears throat> All over the sports world, NBA, NFL, these things are great. It's highlighted. I get it. It's a. It was some bad calls being made. I get all of that. But this is not the worst officiated game I've ever seen, or the worst calls that I've ever seen, or call for that matter. Uh, New Orleans, <clears throat> when they were had the what was that the pass interference game? That was probably the worst pass interference non call I've ever seen. Okay, just to be fair and clear with that. But you're gonna have that through the highlighted of uh, playoff sports. When you're in the sports and you're in the playoffs or the championship game or the finals, you're going to magnify calls and make it bigger than it was. Cincinnati had an opportunity to still win this game, and they failed themselves. Because even with all the bad calls, they probably still had an opportunity to win. Guess what? They didn't do it. And I'm not going to go back and say, oh, point to this, because if Pat Mahomes won a championship two weeks from now, or, or, or whatever, we'll play the Eagles, but Patrick Mahomes won the championship two weeks from now. I'm not, and 10 years later, I'm never going to go back and say, well, he got that championship because of calls. We're just going to say he got that championship. That's it. Now, um, I'm ready to get back in here, you know, as, you know, hopefully this um, computer will cooperate. There we go. I'm on board. I felt like I was in the elimination chamber. And I was waiting for my number to get called so they could open up the door so I could get on the mic. That's how I was waiting in there. I was like, let me out. Let me out. Well, I'm here. I'm out. It's time for me to rumble. You see, I disagree with you right off the rip, Freddie. Cool. You know, and I'm not here to play the game of comparing calls, <laughs> officiating from previous games. You know, the pass interference, no call of the NFC Championship game with the Rams and the Saints. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to talk about this game. I'm here to reflect on a terrible officiating game from these referees in this game. I don't care what happened in 1999. It's I not 1999 anymore. Clear. I care what Clear. happened in 2023. And what mm -hmm. happened in 2023 and primarily yesterday was atrocious, okay? You talk about the referees stopping the play, okay? Stopping the play. Literally, it wasn't even the referee behind Patrick Mahomes that stopped that mm -hmm. play on third down. It mm -hmm. was somebody way away from the play, okay, that stopped the play after the play happened. And they re-ran the play and had the nerve to call a holding penalty right after that. So you made a mistake and you penalized the Bengals again for your mistake. You see this, what I'm talking about here? Not to mention, let's go way before this game. And this right. is not something where the Bengals lost and I'm not bringing it up. I brought it up last week. Didn't they get robbed by the NFL? Shouldn't this game have been a neutral site game? Nobody talks about that, right? All the mainstream media shows y'all be watching, they don't talk about that, right? This game should have been a neutral what, what, When that suspended game happened, it should have been three teams. Anybody that was eligible to get that number one or two seed basically should have been, yo, if two of the three teams, Bengals, Chiefs, and um, Bills, make the AFC Championship game, that game automatically is a neutral site game. So they got robbed by the NFL. They got robbed by the officiating. And now you want me to use this game as a, as a common denominator in this debate? I'm not going to use it with all mm -hmm. due respect. Number Good. one, last week also, too, you wasn't here on the show, Freddie, Zay, you were witness. I said on this show, this game is going to be won by who? The defensive coordinators in this game. Forget about the Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. This game is going to be won by the defensive coordinator who makes the most stops. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow going to do his thing regardless. 
Patrick Mahomes going to do his thing regardless. We know that going into this matchup, it was about who can get the most stops. And what Steve Spagnuolo did, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, he had the better day, and that's why they won the game because that's he smelled blood, blood in the water. He saw the compromised offensive line. They said, you know what? I'm going to test the offensive line immediately. The first nine dropbacks was a two and a four sacks on Joe Burrow. It's the same reason why they did not win the Super Bowl. If y'all remember that last play last year in the Super Bowl, when Joe Burrow got sacked on fourth down, there was a streaming Jamal Chase wide open up the sideline who burnt Jalen Ramsey, but the offensive line could not hold up a couple more seconds. It's the same reason why Joe Burrow did not win this game. Now, outside of that one Jamal Chase big play for 35 yards, they double teamed him. They took away everybody. Boyd got hurt. So now Hayden Hurts had to be the number one option for this team. Another thing, the underutilization of the running game. Samar J. Piran, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon just had 100-plus yards in the snow last week. Why the hell is he not getting the ball? Why are you not running the ball? If your offensive line is compromised and you're giving up sacks upon sacks, run right. the football to keep the defense honest. You didn't do that. So this game is not going to be the be all end all for me. It's not going to change my outlook. What I'm going to keep doing this. If Joe Burrow in next year, it's Joe Burrow. It's Patrick Mahomes. Like I'm not going to do it. What right. I had prior to this game was right. what I had. I believe right. with my own two eyes that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback and is king of the NFL. Patrick Mahomes got him. <laughs> Joe Burrow got him last year. But remember, Joe Burrow did not win a Super Bowl last year, even though he beat Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick right. Mahomes still has to win that Super Bowl against your Philadelphia Eagles. I'll come back for more. Right. Right. Yo, I got to say so. That's actually really funny. He's the king in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is on the verge of going to his third Super Bowl. He's an MVP, about to have his second MVP. His accomplishments second, is way too much. His accomplishments is way too much for this dude. Could you imagine us making this type of comparison with Tom Brady in real time? You would laugh at us, cousin. You would well, laugh, literally you would laugh Tom at Brady us. has seven rings. No, Something that has second. never you been missed, done. He, See, see how you see how you went there? You went too far. I said in real time. See, in real time, when when Tom Brady was making his resume, when he was making his resume, you wouldn't have heard of this. You wouldn't have heard of it. How the heck are we gonna pitch somebody in the same loop with this person because they didn't accomplish nothing? Y'all not learning from what I said. Stop giving these dudes flowers and they ain't even do it. Well, why are we doing it? Me, right, the way how I look at the game, we look at the game clearly differently here on the show. All three of us, right? Even though you and and, and, um, Zay sometimes double team and Zach, but (laughs) for the most part, we all look at the game differently. I don't look at the game from just, you know, the black and white perspective of the league. Mm -hmm. I look at the game underneath, up top, inside, and out. There's a lot of factors on team success. Remember, the team lies in football. We know that. But what I'm saying is, when you look at the Bengals, I believe the talent, because you can argue, we had this debate before, the Bengals had more offensive talent than the Chiefs do. They had better receivers than the Chiefs do. But I believe that the talent overcome the head coaching. I believe the talent is carrying Zach Taylor. I think Zach Taylor is a good leader. He has shown me a lot this year from a leadership standpoint. But from an X's and O's perspective, Hit or miss. I believe the talent overcomes that. Now, with the Chiefs here, although they do not have as much talent offensively than right. the Bengals do, the coaching makes up for that. The right. Listen, I see no quarterback 
that has a better ecosystem than Patrick Mahomes. And nobody can tell me otherwise. I'm talking about right. defensive coordinator, top defensive coordinator in the league. I'm talking about top offensive coordinator in the league. I'm talking about Hall of Fame head coach. You want to talk about Andy Reid for a second? Because didn't he coach three straight NFC championship games in a row before Patrick Mahomes? Didn't he do that? Four, right? Four straight. Okay, thank you for the assist. Four straight NFC championship games. Didn't he? Doesn't he have the third most postseason victories? Only behind Don Shula and Bill Belichick. Okay, so he was winning before Patrick Mahomes. Maybe not championships, right? But he was winning. He showed that all he needed was a good quarterback, a great quarterback, which Patrick Mahomes is. We talking about top three still. Not number one in my book, but top three. Now that was the difference. Now you take him and you add the coaching ecosystem. Joe Burrow don't have that. Joe Burrow is dealing with a support offensive line, right? He has to deal with that. The coaching, hit, hit or miss, he's dealing with more, all right? So that's why I cannot use this game in particular, especially when you add in and sprinkle in the officiating and bad mental mistakes. Mm -hmm. How could this game impact my, my right. decision? Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this really quick. You know, oh, oh no, my back, Zay. You do your thing. You're right. Go, ahead. go in, baby. No, no, no. Go, go. Finish your door. Finish your door, Freddie. I just got one question. Really quick. Eye test. Who would pass your eye test, Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrows? Joe Burrow. Okay. Okay. Eye test. Straight up. Okay. No, you said it. That's it. I got no. you. Um, like I said before, man, it's just that I can't base my who's better, Mahomes or Burrow, off this game. If this is the game to decide who's better between the quarterbacks, I can't decide that. The rest are calling some nonsense. And it's crazy because the second interception that Joe Burrow threw, you know, it was very similar to the holding call that they had against the Bengals on one of the Chiefs receivers. You know, T. Higgins got hit twice by both by both corners. Um, when that ball got thrown up, not a single call, not a single pass interference, not a holding, not, not, not nothing. So the fact that the refs are able to just call interference or call holding in one particular um juncture, how the heck you not gonna do on the other side? You gotta call the game fair. If you're gonna be bad officiating, bad be bad on both sides. Don't be bad on just one side of the football field. So that's in my opinion. Now, I do I agree with that that holding calls on the on um, Hilton, I believe. On the Bengals, I don't at all because it was very slight. It didn't change the direction of the, the receiver. The receiver couldn't get to the ball regardless, and I would have mitigated a first down. The Chiefs got three first downs off, the, off penalties. I believe that's on the second half. Now, when we talk about the second half of the football game, the Bengals scored 14 points, I believe, 14 points in the second half. The Chiefs only had one touchdown, and right. that touchdown was at the, in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, which really changed the direction right. of the entire game. So that's the whole thing. This, this officiating messed up a really great football game. Something that could have been talked about for years because this was a highly anticipated game between the Bengals and Chiefs rematch. And they messed it up and botched it completely with their just their knowledge, their lack of knowledge of the football game. It, it, I don't understand how the hell they did all of that. It didn't make any sense. Um, Personally, I think Mahomes, like I said, he showed grit. He showed grind to play through adversity. He had that ankle injury that, that really hindered what he's able to do. And the fact that he was able to go out there and play at least somewhat. Thank you like himself to win them that football game is exactly you know that's that's perfect to see and you know you give them you give them that right but i can't say yeah this puts them way over joe burrow when joe burrow was playing against the chiefs and the officiating it was a 2v1 it, it, that, that's know, very that, difficult that, to come back I, I let me um bring this up real quick because go ahead, go ahead. because i think for me the comparison that i would make for mahomes in like a longer term perspective let's say he loses the chip which i'm hoping well not hoping but i hope that you expect him to, to do you of being course. the eagles fan and you're not a betrayer right of course. if he loses 
Dan, you're talking about another LeBron James finals record where every year he makes the finals, but he loses it. They've been to five straight AFC championship games, right? Obviously, they right. won this one. They only mm -hmm. won one Super Bowl. So right. let's say they make three Super Bowls, right? And he's one out of three. Now we're looking at that one out of three, right? We're right. not talking about that from that perspective. We just automatically think he's gonna win a chip. But another example, right? Because right. you can make the argument that LeBron James is second all time. Yeah, you, you know it was going there. But go ahead. And I know you was going there. I know your moves, cousin. Uh -huh. But is he the best player in the league right now? Um, no, LeBron James. No, he's not prime. exactly. But but so here's the thing. my thing here is, and this is my last point. Uh -huh. Mahomes could all time be higher than Joe Burrow. Who knows? We don't know that yet. That's a fact. But right That's now, I'm not going to judge the rings to decide if he's the best player right now. Know, For me, with my two thing. eyes, that's Joe Burrow. Right. Here's the funniest thing. I don't know what a man got to do to what's your criteria of who's better. Because he got better statistics. That's clear. Uh, he got more accomplishments. That's clear. All right, he let's look at the head-to-head. -head. Hold on a second. What's, what's the head-to-head -head record? You. You, you, you're missing this, bro. He got a chip. That's clear. See, if Joe Burrow would have finished this last year and got a chip, you might even have an argument, and that argument would still be vague. We're talking about somebody that's doing it consistently. And as consistent as Joe Burrow has been with two championship games, that's respected okay. and respectable because Josh Allen. Right, let me ask you this question. Aaron Rodgers, one championship. He's been to yeah. as much championship games yep. than um, Patrick Mahomes. Who's the better quarterback? Who's better, Patrick Mahomes or, or Aaron Rodgers? Or Aaron Rodgers. Right now, from a, a – from because they, they, they don't – And he won back-to-back MVPs, by the way. Right, so who's the better quarterback? Right. Hold up a second. Right. You still got to say Aaron Rodgers because we don't know how longevity Patrick Mahomes is going to go. If I'm, if I, if I, if Patrick Mahomes don't play another down in his life compared to Aaron Rodgers' career, Aaron Rodgers' career will beat his career. It's just that simple. He so got, who's the, he better, who's the better quarterback? What you mean? Who's the better quarterback now? Yeah. Of course it's Patrick Mahomes now because he's much younger. You get my point, though? No. You, you get my point, point. Your point Your point is... If we're using clearly, this all for achievements, and achievements right. is the common denominator, then right now Aaron Rodgers, who won back-to-back -back MVPs, who's been to as much NFC Championship games as Mahomes, right. won as but much problem, Super Bowls as Mahomes, but, but he should be number one. But here's the problem. Guess what? Even in a shorter spell, right, even though I would say Aaron Rodgers' career is better because it's longer, but even in a short spell, Patrick Mahomes, you can make an argument, is accompanishing more. Aaron Rodgers never won, only went to one Super Bowl. Thank you, for this. Thank you for bringing that up about he's been in the league longer. So any Tom Brady excuse we're trying to bring up to tear down Tom Brady, that's dead I in the water because his career is long. We all know he's the GOAT. Your, right? your, ears is, your ears are very sensitive. No, 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 no. It's, it's not sensitive. I'm just, I'm just poking holes I in use, your face. I, I use your example because you're setting a standard with Tom Brady. See, if we, if we use Did Tom I came Brady, on this show to talk about Tom Brady? Tom, Tom, Tom Brady's the goal, Or did right? y'all bring it up? Because well, I'm lost. Goal. Maybe I got dementia. Maybe I forgot. Maybe I'm getting too old. Yo, right? is Tom Brady the goal? He's the greatest of all time. Yes. Right. And do I said that before, not today. Do we got the most MVPs? No, he doesn't have the most MVPs. But he's still That's my better, point. Right? That's another thing. When was Tom Brady ever? And let's be honest about this. This is key here. We all know he's the greatest of all time. That's what most people say. But when was he ever known as the best quarterback in the game for every single year? Like any year. When was he the uh, best quarterback in well, the league? See, you must be asking the wrong people. 
Because see, even when Peyton Manning was winning MVPs, I never said Peyton Manning was better than Tom Brady. But I, I know a lot of people never that no, said that Peyton use, Manning. Don't use that criteria with me because you're talking to me right now. No, no, no I'm just saying. I'm just saying from ex for the example, for the example right. of the argument, because most people probably would agree with you that Patrick Mahomes is number one because they get in love with the physical attributes. Tom Brady is the goat. He didn't have the physical attributes, right? He's just a great clutch. Calm, collective cat who reminds me, or no. Joe Burrow reminds me of that guy. Same right. thing, same, right. same guy, but, but, just but not the achievements there. You, you so right about that clutch. Let me ask you a question: Is Patrick Mahomes clutch? Yes, he's clutch, but that's not my point. Oh. My point is, I said that when was Tom Brady ever known as the best quarterback right. in the league? Oh, he was you never said known that he's way. Known for being calm, people and chose and Peyton Manning over him. Right, right then I'm, we get to the Aaron Rodgers ever. People right. people said Aaron Rodgers is better than him. Right. Tom Brady I, was never known. Then Mahomes came around. Mahomes is better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady was never known as the best quarterback in no, the league, although he's known no. as a GOAT. From a physical attributes, that's what you're trying to say. Like physically, he was never known to throw the ball to further. No, well, no, 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 that's not even known that. No, my I get point that. is he was never known, period. Right, right. No, since I've been was. watching football, Cousin, I don't know who right? you were talking to. I don't know who you was talking no, to. No, I'm, to I'm talking about the, the media when I used to. No, the get media calls the them the media. Okay, they yes. The but I'm, I'm talking about from a year to year basis. He was never known as the best quarterback of that year. He was never given that respect. So the reason why he's the GOAT is mainly because of the rings. The rings basically, and I'm telling you from a mainstream perspective, I, I see more. Than just what people were saying about Tom Brady. I seen right. the those that I'm like, wow, nobody talks about it. I watched Tom Brady. I know those things. Thank the rest God. of the people, they say he's the GOAT because of the rings. So what right. I'm saying is that all time, Mahomes, if he has more rings than Joe Burrow, he will be ranked higher all time than Joe Burrow. But right now, based on my own two eyes, I right. believe that Joe Burrow is the king of the NFL because right. he has think... to deal with more than what Patrick right. Mahomes has to deal with since he right. was drafted. And you don't think that... Um, you think Joe Burrow is more clutch than Patrick Mahomes? I think it's about even to me. Really? The dude got three, he me. got three double-digit comebacks in the playoffs. Well, his career is longer. Okay, his career is Man, longer. That's kind of strange. Okay, okay, okay. He I, did it in the my, biggest game. He was down 10 point. points. He was down 10 points in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl and came back and won that. My last okay. point, because I'm pretty sure we're going to find our way back to this game. <laughs> Because I do believe that the smoke is coming from this game if oh. I'm a guessed man when it comes to Freddie. It got to come from this game. We're going to see. I, this is going to be wild. But yeah. I will say this about the play. Um, I don't even – I forgot the play name. Osman? I, I see. I think it's Asi. Oh. Right oh, when he – um, What's that, dude? Joseph? Yeah, Joseph Asi. I think that's how yeah. you pronounce his last name when he hit Patrick Mahomes In the back. way late. Terrible play. Terrible decision. Terrible move. Just terrible from a humanity standpoint. I don't know what he was trying to do. But yeah, I will say this. Every year, almost every year, right? Maybe I'm not thinking things through. But for the most part, since I've been watching the game, every year you're going to have that one player that makes that one boneheaded mistake that oh, cost yeah. your team. Okay, last year it was the 49ers player, um, Levisky Tart, whatever how you pronounce his name. I call him Pop Tart. We had gloves in the dome, and he dropped the interception. That would have put the Rams out of their misery, okay? That would have gave them a, a great chance to win that game. Every year we get those guys, and you just hope that the idiot is not on your football team. You Absolutely. just hope that that one idiot that's going to make that play is on the opposition team, okay? Not your team, and clearly he was on the Bengals team, and that's another reason why he lost the game. But I'm pretty sure we'll come back to that later. Let's move on to the next topic that we have here right now. Let's talk about the 
Philadelphia Eagles, because those Eagles right here. Okay, so the question is as follows. Would a healthy Brock Purdy change the outcome of the NFC Championship game in favor of the 49ers? And Cuzzo, you being the Eagles fan, I want to hear from you first. Yeah. Um. Listen, man. Would that change the game? Yeah, it might have been. A, and I mean this, and I'm, I'm not disrespectful, but shout out to my brother, Mott. Y'all call him Jay. I call him Mott. Listen, it would have been a more competitive game, but I believe the Eagles would have still won. But if you're looking at it because Kyle Shanahan picked this boy, this young man, in harm's way. How the heck you going against the number one sack team and the person who leads that team in sacks and you block them with a tight end? What? And sometimes you don't even block them. Do you, did you, are we watching this first quarter? This dude was getting to this dude all day. This is the great Kyle Shanahan, and you don't know you don't know to block him? That's how he got hurt because the man was getting blocked. He's getting blocked by a backup tight end, not even George Kittles. He's being blocked at not at all. He was getting to the quarterback at will, and Shanahan – destroy the 49ers fate by letting this quarterback get hurt knowing that in the back of the back of him you got some dude named josh uh what was his name josh um johnson oh johnson yep right that's who you got as your backup nobody else is available and you pit him in harm's way against a team that got 70 stacks historically sacking team from a historical perspective and they number one the number the leader of sacks for that team the number one sack person for that team you don't block him Kyle Shanahan, you got You should be embarrassed right now, honestly, because you destroyed that game in the first quarter. That game was over in the first quarter. The minute that boy got hurt, Broccoli got hurt, the minute he got hurt, that game was a wrap. Would it have been more competitive? Yes. But if you was watching in the trenches, because I don't just watch the game black and white, but if you was watching in the trenches, okay, that offensive line of the Eagles was blowing them off the ball. We ran the ball for over 150 yards. This, uh, 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 We wasn't throwing the ball well at all. But from an offensive line perspective and a defensive line perspective, in the trenches, we dominated them. Defensive line, offensive line. And I told everybody that. Our offensive line is serious and our defensive line is serious. Nobody wanted to take it serious. And from a seriously perspective, they got blown away because clearly from a defensive perspective, San Fran, number one defense, they were shutting us down. They, they tackling was there. They was getting heat on. Seriously, they was doing their thing. From an offensive line, we pushed them back. We ran the ball enough to go down and score, okay? Now, you can say bad officiating because, well, you know, he dropped the ball again. I, I hear you, Zay. I can hear you right now. Bad officiating for the weekend. <laughs> I get it. But at the end of the day, I thought the Fort, I thought the, the Philadelphia Eagles was more talented than the San Francisco 49ers. I just thought we was more, more we was just more talented. And it showed right there. It was glaring right in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. As great as their offensive line was, they couldn't stop us on the defensive end. Zay? Um, yeah, a healthy Brock Purdy would have changed the outcome of the Eagles uh, 49ers game. Um, I believe the 49ers held the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken, uh, down to the two-minute mark without a score, without a score change um, in, the, in the second quarter. I believe that's when they scored their next touchdown. Um, it was 7-0 for the majority of that game. I think Brock Purdy moves the chains. They at least get field goals, um, you know, to get some points on the board. I think when you look at Brock Purdy and what he's capable of doing on a football field, if he was healthy and ready to go on the um, – if he was healthy and ready to go on the um, – after that sack, I think they would have been able to move the chains. Um, they were able to run the football and change the game. I think when you talk about that catch, that should have been turnover on down, there would have been 0-0 at midfield going San Fran's way. 
Um, that mm-hmm. changes the entire dynamic of the game. You know that 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 changes your game planning, your play calling. You don't probably pass heavy. Um, going into the next possession, you actually may run the football a lot more. You may have more trick plays. Debo, Christian McCaffrey, maybe even George Kittle. Um, more more plays for him. It was a different di- game once they went up seven zero. A touchdown drive, another horrible officiating game. Um, <laughs> after that, the Eagles had seven first downs all through penalties. That everyone overlooks that seven first downs all penalties. That's ridiculous. That, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, you could arguably say all those yards you got from penalties was half your um total yards. So it's like it's a lot that happened on that on that field. Jalen Hurts was not playing well. You know, no, told, well. I, I said this game is gonna prove something. You know, between if, no matter if the 49ers win or Eagles win, there's gonna be history made and we're gonna see who's really made of that stuff. I didn't see that from Jalen Hurts this game. You know, I just think Jalen right. Hurts. Um, didn't show us what he was really capable of doing. And it created a divide, like, for me, because I was a huge Jalen Hurts fan, like, just thinking, like, I want to see him thrive. I want to see him really dominate a game. Like, if Jalen Hurts is this guy he's been showing us all season, then he'll show that against the San Fran 49ers, the best uh, front line, but one of the worst defensive, like, not one of the worst, but not a great defensive um, D-backs in all of, all of football. Um, He didn't have a good game. You know, the, no, the defensive backs were, were sliding the ball throws. away. He, he didn't do the best he can. He overthrew Devontae Smith, that throw, Absolutely. actually, overthrew him. That was a, a mm-hmm. drop pass, but the refs call it a catch. Well, I, I, I uh, say that play right there, that touchdown, changed the dynamic of the game because the 49ers were able to stop the Eagles multiple possessions, but Brock Purdy was out. You put Josh Johnson in, Josh Johnson couldn't do anything, and they tried to put Purdy back in. They tried to run the ball a million times. There was a lot of different things that happened yeah. that we, after we, the game. It was just a lot, but... I say all I have to say. I think the game changes when Brock Purdy start when Brock Purdy is in the game. The confidence, the way he's able to throw in tight windows, his ability to, to scan the field and run after the, the plays are not working out and everything is, is freestyling. That's to me what would have changed the game. I think would have changed the mm. outcome of the game because I think Brock Purdy moves the chains and they get points on the board earlier than when he got that final when they got that touchdown. Got it. Okay. I'm gonna respectfully disagree here with Zay. I'm actually gonna agree with Cuzzo, you know, from you know, a little alternative perspective there, just a little bit. You know, I think for me, no, it did not impact the game. Like it's hard to say because when you have an injury like that, like chances are the probabilities you're gonna lose that game. So, like in a way, it's hard to say that, but the way how I was reading the game, I read it like yo, the Eagles just showed up, you know. For example, right? You talk about the final score, which really didn't tell the whole tale of the game. You know, they gave up 31 points to 49ers. Um, the Eagles did to the 49ers, but they held the Eagles to 4.8 yards per play, per pass, actually. 3.4 right. yards per carry, 3.8 yep. yards per play. And also, Philly ran 70 plays to the 49ers, 45 plays. So the Eagles ran twice as much plays as the 49ers ran and was able to put up more points because of that. But the turning point of the game, came from the first quarter with Cal Shanahan missing 28 to three who did not challenge that fourth down play where Devontae Smith made that grab. Once you saw Devontae Smith and I understand the argument that he didn't see the replay in the stadium. Fine. But the way how I saw Devontae Smith rushing to that line of scrimmage, you have to just throw the challenge flag, even if you're going to lose because things like that can change the rest of the game. Even if you think you're going to lose, you got to take that risk and throw that flag once you see him trying to go up to the line of scrimmage, hustling, literally, like he's giving it away. Like sometimes when you make a play like that as a wide receiver and you know it touched the ground, you could be more like not obvious than that. You could be like, yeah, you know, try to 
doing eye coordination to your team, but not try to make it hot. He made it hot. Like, yo, get this ball out. Hike this ball. So they don't call a timeout. You should have threw the challenge flag there. And that's when it comes back to this Kyle Shanahan debate and why I said he was going to be the most important person on the football field on the last show we did, literally, because of his decision-making in big games, because of the conservativeness when it's time to be aggressive, because the too aggressiveness when it's time to be conservative, for not making the play that he's supposed to make by throwing that flag. I really felt that it would have changed the outlook of the game. You know, even if the game was close, I would have circled back to that play and say that was a play that lost the 49ers the game. Now we can't even go to that play because the game was blown open. But had the game been close and the Eagles won, I firmly believe that play would have cost that loss for the 49ers. Mm. Uh, this to be to be fair and clear, after that play. And they was on the 35-yard line. I believe they would they would have had the ball at 35 of right. their own 35. The 49ers did if they won that challenge. And basically right. they would have won if Kyle Shanahan threw that flag. That's right. a change of field position. Absolutely. Massive. Devontae Smith, like right after well, after that play, clearly he did this to I think that's a code for the Philadelphia Eagles to hurry up because they did uh, they just didn't even huddle and just ran a, a, a garbage play. But after that play, right? San Francisco, they got the best defense. We at the seven-yard line, uh, we ran the ball down and scored a touchdown. They should have held us to a fair goal if their defense was that tough. But clearly, our offensive line was just better than this, than their defensive line. Like, I'm trying to tell y'all, like, even in those moments, right, clearly that wasn't a touchdown. They could have held us to a fair goal. We scored on second down with a seven-yard run. Miles Sanders right up the gut, not even touched. But we don't want to mention that part. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's actually what happened. So we actually scored. And they, even when they did tie it up 7-7, we didn't even throw the ball much. We ran the ball down their throat before the half. And I mean, ran the ball down their throat, almost all run the place, go look it up. And that's bully ball. We bullied them. They wasn't hurt on defense. They ain't having to hurt on defense. We bullied them to 14-7. That was bully ball. We It was like thug city. So what I'm trying to tell y'all, we was more physical. We got two Hall of Famers on the offensive line. Our offensive line was just more dominant and more physical. It might have been a closer game. It might have been a more grinding game. But I'm trying to tell y'all that offensive line was wearing them out. That's just what it was. Jalen Hurts had a horrible game. And I mean horrible game. We shouldn't be winning. When your quarterback have a horrible game like that, the score shouldn't indicate like that. Bully ball. Took time off the clock. Ran double the amount of plays. No matter what we was doing, we were just getting first downs. That's bully ball. They know what we was doing. They know what they're doing. And we just kept doing the exact same thing. That's bully ball at its finest. And when I tell you that means a team is better than you, when we're telling you we're going to run this play and you can't do nothing about it, that's bully ball at its finest. No disrespect to San Francisco. We guarantee was going to win that game. You know, um, I would have agreed with Freddie if I didn't see seven uh, first down through the penalties. <laughs> um, you know, I think, you know, I think Boston Scott had a, a solid running game. I think game well at the, towards the end, he was mm-hmm. running the ball really well. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders, two touchdowns. Kudos, you know. Jalen Hurts had his his normal running stuff, and I think it was it was solid, to say the least. But I think you know the notion that they was getting bullied is hey, kind of underwhelming to say because the officiating was the real thugs of that game. You know, they 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 called everything. They they took they right. took away everything San Fran defense wanted to do, try to do. Um, the the physical play that the 49ers have been playing all season right. was being penalized through this game. Um, oh, the Eagles, right. I feel like, were just as physical as the 49ers. And right. didn't get. I don't think they got as many calls. I, I, I don't believe the they got as many calls. 
Like, like, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, the 49ers actually got zero um, first downs through the penalties. And that, so I'm, I'm assuming uh, the, well, the Eagles played a open. perfect defensive game. Not a, not a single first down on penalties? Right. That's, that's well, interesting. Just to be fair, Zay, just to be fair, after the first quarter when this dude got hurt, they wasn't throwing the ball, bro. So I don't know what kind of first downs you want them to get through penalty when your offense is compromised. That's one. Two, let's be fair. San Francisco have been giving up 100 yards to a team ever. We ran 148 yards on them. So from a San Fran perspective, when they only average giving up 67 points or 67 yards rushing per team, and we went more than double that to San Fran, not to regular teams, we bullied them because that's something that they not normally do. So we can talk about the penalties, but at the end of the day, we still ran for 147 yards when they yeah. only give up 67 yards. Like I said, to, 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 be, to be fair, the 49ers defense was on the field for like 45 minutes of the whole game. So that, that's the, they've been on a football game <laughs> that whole yeah, damn day. Like, it's the crazy. the, the biggest true. run happened in the second quarter. I would say this, right? And salute to... Eastern Conference gaming for chiming in here on this show. I didn't want him to, to think that, you know, we're not acknowledging his comments and we definitely appreciate the comments and the listenership. But I think for me, right, although I can see valid points on either side, and that's why I think this question, the way I was worded is a good question because you can make the case for either side. I would say this. Heading into this game, like I said before, I had my eyes all over Kyle Shanahan. Mm. because I know his yeah, tendency right, to choke in big games, right? Even if they have a lead, that he's going to find a way to blow that lead. How many 10-point leads, 10-plus-point leads he's had in his career, whether it was at offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl. I was yes. the grand beneficiary of that, okay? That 28-3, right? The Super Bowl where he gave the Chiefs a 10-point lead last year when they had a 10-point lead against the Rams. <laughs> My eyes was on Kyle Shanahan, and right off the gate, when he did not challenge that play, that big play that literally led to the run of Miles Sanders to score that touchdown, I said he already failed the test. He already failed the so test. So I could just imagine how the game would have played out. Now it's like he got a pass because of Brock Purdy's injury. Now everybody, like, oh, he's dealt a bad hand, so now we're not coming on this show and tearing him out the frame. Like we would have, because guess what? Jimmy G ain't there to push the blame on now. So we would have came at Kyle Shanahan on today's show and said, all right, you're not that dude. But he got a pass because of the Bob Purdy injury. But it was right. coming. It was coming. And I like the 49ers, <laughs> but it was coming. I've seen it too many times to know. I understand players don't show up in big moments, and sometimes they do, but coaches, it's the same daggone way. And Kyle right. Shanahan is a primary example of that. And remember, the two turnovers of this game, Josh Johnson made one. Brock Purdy made one. Yep. Brock Purdy was playing. Yeah, he fumbled. The injury was on a fumble. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm super happy you brought that up because see, when I started talking about this topic, the first person I came at was Kyle Shanahan. How the heck you don't block Hasim Ruddick? Like, how the heck you don't leave him unblocked? How the heck you think you're gonna block him with a tight end and he leads our team in sacks and we lead the NFL from a historical perspective in sacks? That was the most dumbest thing I've ever seen. Coming into this game, block that guy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, make sure we get him. Like, we did Bosa. Make sure we block Bosa. Okay? They was moving Bosa around. Make sure we block that guy. How the heck you going to leave this dude unblocked and then your quarterback get hit, which was a fumble, which was a turnover, okay? And he get injured. Who fault is that? That's not the Eagles' fault. 
That is Kyle Shanahan's fault for not protecting his quarterback. And that's the first thing I said when we started this topic. Kyle Shanahan is definitely to blame. Absolutely. And we might as well. Zay, any last punch here? I just hope the Super Bowl is not the same way. That's all. I just hope we see a clean officiating game. We let the talents play. Um, you know, it was underwhelming. You know, I thought I'm going to see a gritty 49ers-Eagles game. I'm thinking I'm going to see a gritty Bengals-Chiefs game or a high-scoring Bengals-Chiefs game. I was just so underwhelmed with the officiating. You know, I just think they need to be held accountable. It needs to be addressed immediately. You got the Pro Bowl games going up. Hopefully, they all get addressed one by one because it, it just wasn't fair for fans to watch yellow flag after yellow flag after yellow flag. And that was determining how the teams moved up the field. Um, you know, that's just how I felt. I thought the playoffs, you know, every, every playoff all around, football and basketball, the, the refereeing is different. They allow you to play more physical. It didn't seem like that, this game. It seemed like it was complete opposite. It was more pity pat foul. It was more little small tugs that they like, yeah, we're, we're calling that immediately. I just didn't feel like this was a playoff game. This felt more like a regular season game with the officiating. I didn't like it personally. I feel like it's changed as years go on, and I just feel like they play. They allowed more rough play during the season than I seen in the AFC and NFC Championship game. Excellent point. I'm not even going to lie. You brought up that last Hail Mary because you was losing this debate. That last Hail Mary might have just saved you there. You made a very good point. We all know the 49ers to be rough riders. Obviously, the Eagles could say the same thing on that side of the ball. Clear. The only thing I disagree with with Cuzzo is that when he said the Eagles had more talent, I think Mano Imano, they're the two most talented teams. There's no mistake why they both here. Okay. I that think could be fair. what they made, the point that he made about being rough riders, if you're getting calls going against you, that's going to mess up your aggressiveness on the defensive side of the ball, especially when those penalties are primarily coming from defense. I thought that was a great point that he brought up. Because you talk about the amount of flags mm -hmm. they got, that, that makes you unaggressive. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Let's be fair. We got to be fair here. I'm glad you brought up, you know what? San Francisco and the Eagles was evenly talented, right? They, they roster is evenly talented. But their quarterback got knocked out in the first quarter. Now the talent is disparate. Is that fair to say? Right? Is that fair? We I, think it's a, that I, I think it's a... We're going to win that game. Obviously... Ignoring we, we, my comments about Kyle Shanahan and me just forgetting everything I just said on this show, I'm going to just make sure he's invisible here. <laughs> if the two teams are as talented as each other and the quarterback for any other teams go down, that makes it way different. That changes that, the game. That's what happened. And our defense did that. Like, Ruddick hit him. I saw it. And, and that's why, like I said, that's why this debate is very either way-ish. <laughs> And maybe I just exposed my own take, but right. my take, and I hope people understand, is I'm focusing on Kyle Shanahan. Right. My, that's my why it didn't change the outcome is, for me. My take is that's talent. Knocking your court, knocking the quarterback out with a sack fumble is talent. I saw it, and it happened. I can't take it back. So if the quarterback got knocked out because of sack fumble, what are we supposed to say? Oh, but man, I'm, I don't want to know. Hit him hard and hit him again. That's talent. And I enjoyed it. And we might as well. Move on to the little intermission that we have here. We call it halftime on the show. We hope y'all enjoyed the first half of the show. But guess what? There's a second half. So make sure you stick around. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that share button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And guess what? We'll be back for topic number three. Moving on to the NBA.
You know, actually, um, I got two. So I'm gonna stay in the West first with Lil. Um, I'm actually going with Laurie Markkinen. Um, the man's actually having one of the best um, game seasons of his career, if not the best season of his career. Um, he's averaging 24 point game, eight rebounds, uh, I believe, two assists a game, two blocks a game. Uh, no, one block a game. Excuse me. Um, he's shooting 43% from the three point line, averaging three shot, three pointers, three three pointers per game. Uh, 52% from the field. Um, the Utah Jazz are really still in contention for playing because of um, marketing. Lori Markkinen having such a dynamic season. I think he should deserve to get that NBA All Star starter. He deserved it actually. Um, it's unfortunate that you know I like Zion. I think Zion is dynamic. I think when Zion was healthy. The Pelicans were the number one team in the Western Conference, but Laurie Marketing is the reason why the Utah Jazz are going anywhere. They have no star player. They have a bunch of role players meshed on one team with a rookie head coach, and he is showing the best season of his career. He's dominating teams left and right, posters left and right. This man is on top plays almost every other night. I'm surprised that he wasn't put on that Western All-Star, and I hope he is still placed in an All-Star ballot. I hope the coaches vote him in because he is just dynamic he has to, he should be a reserve he should be an all-star the way he's playing this is the best Lori marketing this is the Lori marketing that people anticipated him to be in chicago so the fact that he's playing it now and i love to see it you know i'm glad he's having a, that bounce back of his career the second one is joel Embiid and i starting lineup i understand tatum kd and Giannis, all dynamic but one of them has to go you can't replace the big man because you don't, for whatever reason, because you want to make the game faster or whatever. Giannis, KD, and Jason Tatum, all three of them are not having better years than Joel Embiid. Okay, we are back for the next part of the show. And there's a reason why I didn't say next topic, because I don't want to even classify this as a topic. I want to classify this as an open discussion. Before we get to the NBA, I want us to give our, I don't even know how to even say it, thoughts, you know, regarding the death of Tyree Nichols at the hands of law enforcement. And... Whoever wants to start us off and be the brave person to really go at this first, by all means. I, yeah, um, I'll take it. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Listen, man, this is a touchy situation. Um, I'm a father. And that child, and I, I, I viewed him as a child, got murdered. And his family, uh, they, they can't recover from that. There's, there's no recovery. There's no recovery time. There's no recovery. So that young man dying 
there's a family that's part of them that is dead and they, they can never rise back up. You know what I mean? Um, it's, 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 it's horrible. So from that perspective, you know, my regards go out to family, man. And, um, you know, it's probably unfortunate, right? Now let me go wide range. And I don't, I don't want to sit up here and talk about all the incidents that we can name from all the names that we can name when it comes down to African-American men and police. We can go through a list of names. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. And at this particular juncture, it's African-American cops, right? So I'm hearing some whispers like, oh, what are they going to say? No, because now it's black cops, right? So I, I want to make something clear, and I want to be clear about this. We, as black folk or black people, do not, and I want to repeat, do not agree with crime, okay? We do not agree with anybody committing crime, okay? We are working people. We go to work and want justice for all. You see that? Justice for all. We not. We never side with crime. We never condone crime. So it doesn't matter what crime is being committed. We don't condone it. So yes, I want them indicted. Yes, I want them to go to jail. Yes, I want them to pay for that, right? That makes sense? Um, so. Yeah, but guess what? We want to fair across the board. So if there's a white police officer doing that, we can take same energy. Come at them with the indictment right away. Get them right away. That's what we want. We want justice. We always want it because You kind of cut it up. Cutting up just a little bit. It's not terrible. I was letting it rock, but you're cutting up a little bit more. Okay, hold on. Let me try this. How about now? A um, no? little better. A little better? All right. Yeah. A little better? I'm good now or no? I um, still could use a little work. All right. So if somebody goes, somebody else. Yeah, take Zay, over. Zay yeah. you take over and then we head it back to Fred once he gets ready. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Um, oh. It's disgusting how in situations happen on a night-in, night-out basis, we're seeing a child being shot. You know, a young a young man, uh, a man who still had a life ahead of him, being taken away by the um, law enforcement. Um the law enforcement has shown year in, year out, decade after decades, that they are violently, they're violently, they're attacking civilians that rather they commit a crime or not, are not causing anyone else pain, anyone else suffering. But the mm -hmm. first thing they need, they feel like they need to do to retaliate or to, to cause action is to draw their guns or jump a child or man seven eight cops hold them down and punch them repeatedly um put their knee on their back on their chest draw their weapons do do whatever they need to exert their their um power but they don't do this against violent criminals they don't do this against people that are, that are committing violent acts they actually arrest them they detain them they those are the people the people that have the violent um past the ones that are, are being violent and attacking civilians and hurting other people and killing other people are the ones being arrested the ones being hauled off the jail and then they're not even spending Sentences for taking a life. They're, they're spending three, four years in prison for a homicide. We, what, what, what is going on here? Like, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense that law enforcement hasn't gotten it right yet. They don't understand right. that what they've been taught, what they've been trained to do, is not the correct way to police anybody, to believe police themselves, let alone. Um, if this, if this, if this is going to continue to to be the the their uh, reaction. So when crimes are happening or when they're being called 
um, you know, maybe defunding the police is the way to go. Because if they're not going to protect <clears throat> and all they're doing is causing more hurt and pain towards other people, then what, what good are they? You know, police aren't called when um, people are, um, are preventing crimes from happening. They're called when crimes are happening. Right. No, one's being, no, no crimes are prevented by the police. Then people need to understand that. Now, there's not a single police officer that prevented a crime or just just showed up on a site and prevented a crime. It, it was already happening when they arrived. So it's it's disgusting that Tyree Nichols had to lose his them, his life because right. of officers don't know how to not exert their power. It, it is disgusting to continually see on a week in week out basis. I'm getting sick of it. Um, you know, I got nieces, I got nephews, I got younger sisters, younger siblings, um, younger family members. I, it, it it only breaks my heart when I see things in this nature. Condolences to the family, you know, and, and like Freddie said, there is no, uh, you know, healing process with this. This yeah. is things forever. And, you know, I'm just sorry that his family has to go through this. Yeah. Um, Cousin, you want to finish? Yeah. Your lap? yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that, Cousin. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, my point is, as African-American people, we don't condone crime, right? And I, I believe, or and, and large, we are law-abiding citizens that go to work, right? There's a selective few, just like the police would say, there's a selective few. And don't judge them for the selective few. But unfortunately, y'all judging us for the selective few. See, if I'm a, a black man, six feet two, 200 pounds, I'm looked upon as a criminal, although I'm a father and a man that goes to work. You see how that works? You're judging me by selective few. There is some selective African-American men out here that commit crimes, but that don't mean all African-American men is committing crime. You understand what I'm saying? So why are you using the selective few to judge us when y'all don't want us to use the selective few, few to judge y'all? Problematic. Now let's go big picture. Big picture is this. It doesn't matter if you're an African-American cop. It's systematic racism, right? So if I joined a group and I could be a, a guy that's got great morals and it's 250,000 people, I'm still going to be judged by that 250,000 people, even though I got great morals. You see what I'm saying? So as African-American men, be careful when you join in an organization that is looked upon to attack black people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, so if you join, if you're going to be a cop as an African-American male, stand by your morals. Stand by your morals and really be a cop. Call out other cops. Stop other crimes from happening, even if within the police department. If you see a situation like that, one of those mentions, hey, hey, that's enough. Let them up. Let's arrest them. Take them to jail. Not one of them did that. And I have a problem with that because what's wrong with your morals? You see what I'm saying? Not one of them can say that's enough. Not one person can say, hey, let's be easy. We're going to take them in now. Let's detain them. Let's arrest them. Let's put them in cuffs. Let's throw them in the cuffs. Nobody can say that. But I also want to go here real quick, and I'm going to turn it over to you, cousin. Black folk, from my own personal history, always called out black cops, right? The great late John Singleton, go look it up, Boys in the Hood, 1991. He purposely put a scene in that movie, the black cop pitting the gun to his head. Purposely done because we, we understand that that happens in our community. Also, NWA with F the Police, 1988. Black police showing out for the white cop. That line was put there for a reason because we understand that happens way too often and it don't get enough attention. 
That's why that was said. And this is 30 years ago I'm talking about. These are things that was said 30 years ago that we talked about black cops showing out for white cops, okay? Or a black cop thinking he can now put a gun to the black male's head. This is not something brand new. And we've been calling them out just in case because I've been hearing a lot of things. Oh, they're not going to call it the black cops. Oh, we've been calling out black cops. What are you kidding me? We've been doing this. So at the end of the day, we don't condone crime no matter who's committing it. Black cop or white cop, they all need to be indicted. Yeah, I think for me, I'm going to take a, another angle here, but we're all going to land at the same finish line. I think for me, the main issue for me when you talk about stuff like this that nobody really is talking about is mainstream media and what's their role in all of this. What's the role of the mainstream media in this whole thing? And I'm explaining what their role is right now. First of all, I did not see the video. I'm glad I didn't. I have no plans to do it ever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. I live with family. So maybe upon being around family who's watching the news, maybe I might see it. I hope not. I don't get myself caught up in those things. You know, um, I try not to because it kills your spirit. Right. It makes yeah. you look at things from a radical perspective and not think of things from a peace perspective. Right. It's so easy to get radical. You know, mm-hmm. I had classes where we was talking about the Holocaust and slavery, where I left that classroom ready to knock somebody out. Okay, but I had to say to myself, that's how they want me to feel. That's how they want me to react. That's a trap to get me locked up. We have to realize we are walking as people, white and black. We are walking in the trap right now. And the trap is the mainstream clickbait media. I happened to go on TikTok, and I saw that they was counting down on the news, the video release of this footage. Counting that joint down like it's a ball drop. This is what's going to be dropped in a couple minutes. Mainstream media, I can't make this up. Mm. Counting that joint down like it's a ball drop. You know why? Because it was a ball drop to them. To the people who's trying to divide us and conquer us. It was a ball drop to them. It was a celebration at midnight. The clock struck midnight. Okay, for them, because it was a celebration. It was a party. And we have to realize not to get caught up in that foolishness. Listen, I grew up with cops that are cops now. Okay, I'm talking about guys that I grew up with, with the middle school with, who came to my house, played Madden, okay, and they grew up to be cops. I've came across good cops. I came across bad cops. I got stopped by a a daggone police officer in a driving school car, okay, literally. (laughs) And I also had instances where police came to my house, and I had my guard up, and they were the nicest people I met. Tell me, stay in school, make sure I go to college and graduate. So I'm not going to sit here and use this as a way to... Just put everybody in a box and say, screw the cops, defund the police. I'm not going to say none of that. What we need to start doing is stop listening to media because we are playing into their game. And we don't even realize that. Do y'all realize that the movies that they keep showing us, Emmett Till, didn't that just came out a year ago? How long ago did this happen? Years ago. But it came out last year as a reminder to who we really are. People on a plantation, maybe not physically, but mentally. That's why they dropped the Emmett Till. That's why they dropped the movie with Will Smith that I saw a couple weeks ago, Emancipation. Or they dropping any movies about the Holocaust? When was the last time they dropped a movie about the Holocaust? Because they're not reminding Jews anything. They were reminding black people of where they are and where they stand currently in America. And we need to stop falling into that trap. Turn the mainstream media off. Support new media like ours. Okay, stop that foolishness. Don't get caught up into it. Because guess what? You're going to be the one to end up like that. You're going to be the one that end up in jail. 
Keep it up. I'm done. Mm. And we might as well move on if anybody got any final words or we Not, good to uh, go. Really quick, cousin. That was a great take, man. That was a great take. But let's move on to the NBA right now. Is it fair to say that the Lakers got robbed against the Celtics on Saturday? And cousin, by all means. By all means, man. Listen. No, it's not fair to say that they got robbed. It's a regular season game. What are we doing here? You know how many missed calls is happening on a Tuesday night or a Monday night? You know what I mean? My bad. Mainstream media. LeBron James happened. That's what happened. It was on national television. That's what happened. Okay. It was a you know how many missed calls happen in the NBA on a regular basis, man? Stop this madness. Okay? Stop. It happened. He went to the hole. He got hit on the spot on by Tatum. This happens plenty of times. All right. If you want to talk about getting robbed. We always got to use playoff games. That's why, Zay, when you mentioning uh, getting robbed and it's a championship game, I can't come at you sideways with that because we're talking about something that you yeah, you could be getting robbed, man. This is right. This is playoffs. Somebody want to win the championship. Legacy is on the line. I can respect that take. I can't respect that you get robbed in regular season. Huh? You got robbed because it's LeBron James? What are we talking about here? Okay? So let's piggyback on something. I want to bring this up really quick. LeBron James went down to his knees, he got robbed, and they went on social media. 2012, I hate to give you the history lesson. NBA Finals game two, OKC versus Miami Heat. OKC up one game. Kevin Durant, five feet from the basket, and LeBron James fouls him blatantly. He missed, they win, series tied 1-1, they go win the series 4-1. Do you know what would happen if Kevin Durant win and hit that shot and they win that game? They up two zip? LeBron James' legacy might be different. Are you kidding me? That's robbed. Okay? That's robbery. That was Kevin Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. Okay? That was that team. And they almost went up two zip on a missed call by LeBron James on the baseline of Kevin Durant. That's robbery. So stop, LeBron James. Stop acting like you never found somebody in the closing moment when it really counts, it was a regular season game. Y'all still under 500. Get over it. Say, um, you know, I kind of agree with Freddie to say, like, to say it's a robbery. It's not really fair to say. I think what happened against the, what happened to LeBron James is um, a consistent basis with the officiating being in the NBA this entire season. Mm, um, okay. you know, I think they allow players to play. They're not allowing them to utilize the, the foul calls to take advantage of the game. They're, they're they're actually allowing them to play basketball. You know, I think that's fair to say amongst all of the NBA. There, there's more physical play in the NBA now than ever before, in my opinion. I think, oh, at least not ever before. Well, the last two years, not ever before. Last two years, more, more allowing them to play more. Um, they're allowing them to play more, and unfortunately, there's going to be missed calls happening in that magnitude. Now, if it was different where you there the calls have been more consistent based on you can't touch the player at all, and yes. that's a call, that's that that's a different story. The fact that LeBron James got fouled, it should have been called, but they're not they haven't been calling those. Um another play, uh recently, two weeks ago, uh um RJ Barrett dunked the ball, the tiny mm. game. Scotty Barnes had his entire arm holding his shoulder, no call. The refs deemed it as it was a no call because it didn't disrupt the shot. Meanwhile, a foul is you can't put your hands on him. He's right. going up for a dunk. You can't put your hands on him. He, let alone 
if RJ Barrett wasn't strong at all, what if, what if he was he was scrawny? He was he wasn't able to hold his weight. That's when you call the foul. And that's <laughs> that's not consistent. But what we've seen just now is a play where a guy got hit. They deemed him that it wasn't it didn't disrupt the layup because it still went up. It should have been called. It wasn't called. It doesn't matter after the, the play happened that, yeah, you're right. It should have been a foul call because it doesn't change the outcome of the game. It doesn't change what 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 the record says now. They have one more loss. During a time, the Lakers are actually running on a nice little hot streak. They were winning games. They were finding they had a lot of grind out games. So I say all that to say it's not a robbery what happened, but it is unfortunate that calls like this get missed on a night in, night out basis. And we have to see the report one or two days later saying, yeah, we made a mistake. Well, you can't change the record. So I don't want to hear about the mistakes. Right. Because it doesn't change the outcome. Because what if that was an implication of if the Lakers go to the playoffs or not? Mm. That call changed the entire game. Um, honestly, I was on the other side. I, we was actually going to agree. But Zay, Zay's take made me go the other way. <laughs> I'm going to disagree. And I'm going to say they got robbed. You know, me personally, right? I think before we get to that call, I do want to make a point about Darvin Ham because I remember when they played the Mavericks, I watched that entire game, and he came out in the post game and took ownership for not double teaming Luca on the final play, the final possession. Remember, they was down three, mm-hmm. the Lakers was up three. They didn't foul Luca, nor did they even throw the bodies at Luca. They had him one on one with his dance partner, and he's he took the lesson on his dance partner. He was able to tie the game. And Darvin Ham came out and said, yo, that was me. That was on me. I had to be better defensively, adjustments, etc." Cool. Now we get to this game. And before that play that I'm going to talk about specifically, I remember that the Lakers was up three in this game. They had an opportunity with less than 10 seconds to foul the Celtics to go to the line, make the first free throw, and miss the second. I don't understand for the life of me. Why coaches don't do that? I don't know if it's a pride thing. You know, you want to show off your defense. I'm trying to win the game. So Wait. if I can make more dramatic scenes where it's so dramatic on day end to try to get the extra put back, literally, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to play that game. Dolphin Ham, for whatever reason, is not willing to play that game, and it cost him two games. So technically, he was robbed before the referees robbed them. But that doesn't take a fact. That doesn't take away from the fact that the rob the robbery came from the reps as well. They got robbed by their own coach and they got robbed by the referees. To be fair with you, Dolphin Hand robbed them and the referees did too. All right, Zay, this is where we get to your point. You talked about RJ Barrett and the play with RJ Barrett. You talked about games in the past. What about this game? What about a couple possessions or literally probably a possession before this one? Remember when the Celtics was bringing back the ball? They were down by three. They made about three passes. One that got to a wide open Al Horford. He missed the shot. Jalen Brown with the putback and one. And he yep. got fouled. And he went to the line to shoot the extra point to tie the game to bring it to overtime. We forgot about that. That was a possession before. So we're going to call it then. How about we call it now? Mm. Yeah, they got robbed. Little Shadonis. You know, you know what it is, though, cousin? It's a simple fact that after that situation, right? Um, you know, you they went to overtime, right? Yep, they went to overtime went, because of overtime. the because of the play. Yep, right because of LeBron James, they didn't call a foul. They went to overtime. Uh, play, do it again. 
play basketball. You, you, I don't understand this, man. It's so many missed foul calls throughout the course of a game, especially an NBA game. I get at the end of the game, play, play five minutes. But did he get to you? Remember when um, I was like, what was that? Um, what was this dude's name? Uh, man, J.R. Smith in the NBA Finals, right? He made a mistake after somebody missed a free throw, and he made a mistake and held the ball. LeBron got upset. It went to overtime. It went to overtime, and then he didn't come out and perform in overtime. I'm like, well, dude, go play. Don't let it get you. Don't let it get you down. You still got a game to play. You know what I mean? Where's you? Check yourself, bro. It ain't going to go your way all the time. I, I get you, King James. But guess what? It ain't going to go your way all the time. Check yourself in the moment and pit on another performance. That should, that should motivate you even more to play harder in the overtime to win. Go win. And I get that point. And I get that point. But we have to realize that they didn't get off to a good start before overtime start because of the technical that Pat Beverly did. And obviously that was self-oriented because Pat Beverly was bright enough to go get yeah. the camera and show camera. the referee. Yeah, 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 he yeah, was the biggest idiot to do that. But they, because of that, they, they got a raw deal to start overtime and it gave the momentum. Remember, they're on the road right now. Clear. So you kind of had to get that momentum back and close the game when you have the opportunity, which they should have done. He got fouled on that play. It should have been two free throws. The game is over. We are not worrying about overtime. Remember, this is not I control my own destiny in a sense. You're playing against another team. You're not in the gym by yourself. They're playing hard to win too. So right. now we go into overtime. They're at home. You give Pat Beverly a well-deserved technical. Like I said, it was an idiot play. And right. now the momentum is on Boston's side. Oh, and fair. they remember Boston is the type of team that they'll beat themselves. Right? But if you get them another outlet to, to get it going, like Jason Taylor, I'll talk about him in my second lap because I want to talk about him for a second. But you gave them an opportunity Okay, you allowed Jalen Brown to redeem himself from the free throw line. Remember, he missed the two free throws against the Knicks. You, you yes, gave them the absolutely. confidence to put you out in overtime, and that's yep. mainly because the referees didn't call it right. That's why they got robbed in the middle. You know, it's this is just a microcosm what the Lakers are going through this year. Injuries, plays being overlooked. That when um, Embiid held Westbrook's hand, um, a whole arm, during the play, oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, that's not a call. You, you can do that now? You hand checking now? I, I was confused. I was like, hold on. I, it's 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 a lot of different things that the, the leagues have to go through. But um, I say all that to say this has been the league essentially major it's been like that. It's been consistent with they're allowing guys to play through contact, allowing guys to play play. Unfortunately, you're gonna miss plays like this when you're allowing guys to play through contact. As fans, we want to see the talents play, we want to see the whistle not be blown as much. But we don't also don't want to see blatant missed calls like this. We have to pick and choose what we want because if you were gonna allow them to play basketball, allow them to play gritty, allow them to play tough and rough, you're gonna miss calls. If you want it to be a, a clean game, pity pack call everything, you're gonna get the travels, you're gonna get the free throws, you're gonna get people getting fouled out, the star players, you're gonna get all of that. It's like it, you kind of middle. We 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 we've we've seen it the last five years. The fans are going both sides of the fence. There's no middle, and we're seeing that now. Mm. Rough game. Or clean game. You 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 gotta pick because I think if you want the rough me, game, you're gonna see it. You're gonna see the rough game. You're gonna see the Draymond Greens going crazy, not getting a single foul call in XYZ and having looking like a tremendous defender, and then the other team crying about fouls. You're gonna see the Julius Randles in the world crying. You see a clean game, everyone's crying, nobody's having fun. The fans are now distorted because you're watching a three and a half hour game, four hour game because the teams are shooting 80 free throws, and you're not gonna like the game. So you have to pick and choose as a fan. What do you want to see? Do you want to see Guys, the best talents facing adversity and getting a win, or do you want to see 
James Harden go for 45 at the free throw line? What, what, what's, what side of the fence you want him to? I think for me, that's what happens when you reinvent the wheel randomly. When you say this year, we're going to reinvent the wheel again. Now it's like, what is a foul? What is not a foul? We are still adjusting to that. This was the year that yeah. they decided to reinvent the wheel again. When you do that, there's a risk factor. First of all, the wheel shouldn't have been reinvented in the first place to get to this. So you have to reinvent it back to what you wanted before. That's the problem here. Another problem that this exposes is when you call a challenge or you throw in the, you know, the challenge, you call timeout, challenge a play, you should get another one if you win. Let's talk about that too. Because they didn't have a challenge. They could not challenge that play. But they won a challenge that they threw, you know, a couple minutes prior. So that's another issue. There's so many issues more so than the way how they're calling it. It's the challenges. It's different situations. So that's what I got to say. But I think for me, and this is my last point, because I do want to talk about Jason Tatum for a minute. Mm-hmm. I just think he got to play better basketball. Me personally. I mean, you look at the last couple games. I understand he scored 30 in this game. I understand it was 30 right. points. All right. I saw the stats. But it was the ugliest 30 points that you can find. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you talk about turning the ball over six times. Went eight for 25 against the Knicks, against my Knicks. He went two of seven from the arc. Okay. Um, him and Brown combined for six turnovers in that game against the Warriors. Tatum committed seven turnovers, including two in the final 74 minutes of regulation. He right. has to play, play better basketball. And I understand a lot of people is coming up with this MVP. He's not an MVP right now. He's not playing like it. He has right. to play better. He has to be more efficient from the field. The shot selection has to be better when you talk about these Boston Celtics. Mm. Well, I'm going to tell you something about Jason Tatum really quick that you brought him up. He have all the talent in the world. He could be the best player in the league. His talent screams that. But he's missing a small ingredient. I don't know if you want to call it heart. I don't know if you want to call it the mental part of the game. But it's clearly there's an element that Jalen Brown has that he don't. Now, Jalen Brown is not as talented as Jason Tatum. He's just not from a physical standpoint. He's just not as gifted. But he makes it up with a small ingredient that we just can't see. Either it's heart or either it's the mental part of the game. But there's something different in the both of them why they always look close to even, although we know Tatum from a talent perspective is just better. And I think to respond to that, yes, you could say that because in the finals, it was Jalen Brown that was picking up the slack. Where Tatum just went MIA, maybe he was gassed. I mean, it's not easy playing an 82-game schedule, and then you have to play and chase Stephen Curry around in the finals for six games. That's not that's not an easy task, no, right? Especially to cap it off against the Warriors and how their style of basketball makes you defend every possession, every little nuance. But I think for me, when you talk about this team, they just look mentally fragile in general. Like, mm. they are sporadic down the stretch in general. Now, Brown will have his moments like he did in this game, like he did in the finals, but against the Knicks, missed two clutch free throws to win the game. Where? They sporadic. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic that we have on the show. Staying in the NBA. How confident should we be? The 76ers, how confident should we be in them to come out the East? Would it be low, medium, or high? Okay? Yeah. And um, whoever want to kick this one off, by all means. Uh, I'll go with this one. I'm, I'm gonna go with medium, um, closer to medium high. Um, I think 
the the Philly, what, what they have there, they have DeAnthony Melton, who nobody talks about as an X factor on that team. The man okay. is able to shoot the three. He's able to defend really well. He knows how to pass the ball. He's coming from a Memphis Grizzlies system where all the young guys were getting it together defensively. They know how to play team basketball. They know how to get the ball to their star player. Um, and DeAnthony Melton is is a part of that. Even when Maxi and James Harden was out, Melton was able to go there and essentially replenish the points, replenish the rebounds, um, yep. assist, defend the best player on the other side of the floor. Um, Melton is showing a different side of his game because he's asked to do more and commanded to do more under Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is a coach, we all know, is a player's coach. He trusts his players. He depends on his players to make the right plays, not more so of an X and O's guy, but he believes his players are best to do their jobs. And Melton is a is being benef- is a benefactor of that because now he's getting all the confidence in the world he wasn't getting on another team. Mm-hmm. Maxi coming back from injury. Harden coming back from injury. Joel Embiid playing at this stint where he's dominating the game no matter who's in front of him, dominating and not getting hurt. Um, There's still issues with P.J. Tucker. He's not playing well. Hopefully he gets it together by the playoffs, but right now he can't make a shot, can't trust him to make a shot, and he's not defending well. Tobias Harris is playing at a high level. Don't know if he will be traded. His contract is really high. So but you could get some assets back to get some role players back, but right now we don't know what's going to happen. But the 76ers, you can say, are just up there with just about anybody in regards to being confident that they could compete in the Eastern Conference to get to a championship. They have the pieces to do so. Will they do it is a different story. But I am confident in them saying they could come out the East. They have a strong team. The Eastern Conference is not all strength right now. Boston's dwindling. Um, Milwaukee's hot and cold. They don't know what's going to happen over there. Brooklyn with the KD injury, you don't know how long he may be out, how long he may come back. So Philly is right up there with they can compete with anybody. Is right now who can compete with Philly is the bigger question. Oh, I like how you ended that. I'm gonna jump in here, man. Jump in, baby. I'm gonna go low, and I don't really say that with any malice intent. I don't say that to be funny. I don't say that to really go against the grain. I don't say that to criticize. I'm gonna say low, and I'm gonna explain those reasons why. Now, before I get there, you made a point about Doc Rivers, and you know. X's and O's. He made a very good adjustment in this game, switching PJ Tucker on Nikola Jokic. Once he did that, the game changed. Remember, Jokic put up 16 points of six of seven shooting, five assists, four rebounds. When Embiid was guarding him, them backdoor cuts was wide open. Okay, but when he switched PJ Tucker on him, you finished with eight points, two of five shooting. And I understand you made those points about PJ Tucker. He wasn't shooting the ball well. He wasn't defending well. But it was those critical plays that he made in this game that won them the game. You know, the steal that he had to put back to literally close the game out on back-to-back possessions. Having mm-hmm. a guy like P.J. Tucker is very underrated because he's experienced. He's been there in the playoffs, and that's a guy that you can trust to guard Kevin Durant, Giannis, etc. But the reason why I'm going to go low here is because come playoff time, I still have my questions about James Harden. I still have my questions about Joel Embiid. Can he be a number one if the number two ain't showing up? I have those questions. I have not seen a game in a playoff series. And I'm not talking about game one and two. I'm talking about game six and seven where James Harden has showed up and showed me he is a superstar in the playoffs. You could give me game two. You gave me game one. You give me game three, four. But game six and seven, I have seen those. I have seen none of those games where James Harden literally took his team to a victory and played an outstanding game in all four quarters. I had not seen it. So until I see it, I believe it. I'm going to go low 
And when you look at the East, not to mention, you still got the Celtics there. You still got the Bucks, Brooklyn, when Kevin Durant comes back. Cleveland maybe could upset a team or two. So because they're so, you know, top-heavy, one through four, I give all those other teams an equal shot to come out, and that's why I'm going to go low because mm. it's anybody's game. Mm. I like the way you ended that, basically saying 25% chance. That is low, right? But I'm going to go high, ironically. <laughs> when everybody, uh, Zay went medium, you went low, I'm going high. I'm going high because of Joel Embiid. I'm going high because of disrespect to Joel Embiid. I'm going high because Joel Embiid wants to be the best player in this league. And I'm going to ride with that high, not to say that I think they're going to win. I'm going to ride with that high with the disrespect always in his face. We will talk about every big-time player before we talk about Joel Embiid, especially in the East. We'll talk about Kevin Durant. We'll talk about Giannis. We'll talk about Tatum. But then Joel Embiid will hit on the back burner. He's not even an all-star starter. He never won MVP. This man has been up MVP numbers, and I think he can take them over the top. James Harden can play the second fiddle. The reason why you never seen James Harden come up in the playoffs and have one of those big-time games, because he was looked at as a number one. What James happened last Harden, year? Huh? What happened last season? Well, I mean, last season, I thought it was Joel Embiid. It was all of them. You know what I mean? It was. And they didn't even get in the second round. I'm just saying for this year, I think playing a whole year together, they going they can figure it out that Joel Embiid is the number one, Harden is the number two, and they're going to figure it out because it's Joel Embiid's team, and he have the chip on his shoulder and i think with that chip on his shoulder he wants to go through the east more than anybody he have more um he have more to gain than everybody tatum don't went to the finals kevin durant got championships Giannis got a championship he's the one the big star name that never even made it to a conference final he have to show his worth because i'm gonna tell you straight like this here okay and i think he feels this pressure okay if he don't do it i gotta come at this dude sideways instantly it's his time. And not to mention, you know, Philly right now, the Phillies, right? They went to the World Series. The Eagles in the Super Bowl. You better handle your business. Okay? Do your thing. Because at the end of the day, that pipe, that little pressure might be there. But at the end of the day, he have more to gain than any one of those big superstars in the East to push his team to the finals. And I think the chip is on his shoulder. And he's not talking the way he was talking last year. Well, I'm the MVP. Well, I'm the MVP. He's kind of shutting up and letting this play do the talking. Okay, I can make one comment real quick on the on the take. Um, you know, I, I actually want to say I think Joel Embiid is clear number one. No argument there. I think the only thing I would switch is I think Maxi would be the number two because Harden mm. I see plays better when Maxi's having a great game than when Harden is taking over. If that makes yeah. any sense, James Harden oh, being does. a facilitator, he finds the guys. He's able to get the ball moving. But when Maxie's playing good, he's getting that 25, 26 points per game. It lessens the burden on Harden to create because now they have to worry about Maxie and Joel Embiid opposed to Harden and Joel Embiid because they view Harden as the ball stopper. So if he's the primary uh, playmaker plus scorer, it eliminates um, some people off the team from scoring the basketball if Harden's going for 20, 30. So I think I like what Freddie's going with. Uh, no, I, I, I like that take. Harden. I like that take. I mean, no, Maxie Harden. I would say I this. It. You talk about uh, a player in the Eastern Conference who has a lot to prove. Obviously, Joel Embiid is right up there for the top spot. But Jalen Brown is another guy. That's another guy that's the most disrespected player in the Eastern Conference. 
Joel Embiid and Jalen Brown, two most disrespected in the Eastern Conference in all the basketball period to me. Mm. So that's another guy that's going to want to show something. He showed it last year. He's going to want to show it again and cap it off with a finals ring on his finger. That's another guy. So Kevin Durant, he's still got something to show. You really think he's justified with them two rings? If he was, he would have stayed mm-hmm. in Golden State. He came to Brooklyn for what reason? What? He, he, you know, what reason? Why would you leave a team that already won multiple chips with and without you, okay, mm-hmm. that you were still going to get the contract that you wanted along right. with playing to win championships? Why else would you go? Because you're not fulfilled. You're trying mm-hmm. to fill a void. That's why you went to Brooklyn. Still a lot to prove there, along with everything that has happened over the last couple of years in Brooklyn, okay, and how they self-destruct. So he has a lot to prove. Believe it or not, cousin, when you went down that list, there's so many guys that have a lot to prove. What about Donovan Mitchell? Mm-hmm. That's another Donovan cat that Mitchell has a lot to prove. Okay, he got traded. I don't even know if he wanted right. to leave Utah, even right. though they was going to they, you know, I, quote unquote, with building stage. Yeah, real quick. The Donovan Mitchell one is real. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that one. And, and not to come at Jalen Brown that he's not being disrespected, right? But Tatum being on his team is why he gets overshadowed so Absolutely. But we saw the playoff run last year. There was mano in mano until they got to the finals where Jalen Brown was clearly the go-to oh, guy. Man. So he got left out the all-star game. He should have been in there, possibly. I mean, who are you going to sub out? But still, he should have been in there, you know, in any type of way. Or most people thought he should have been there. He probably thought he should have been in there. So there's a lot of guys in the Eastern Conference with a lot to prove. And mm-hmm. that's why, to me, it's not just Joel Embiid. I have a lot to prove or bust. It's Joel Embiid, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. I have a lot to right. prove and bust. You know, real quick, real quick. And I this is off topic. But when you said Jalen Brown, I got some traumatic experiences. I got, I just got hit with a, a traumatic experience. And, and, and that's um, a lot of, a lot, a lot of proof. And even with Embiid, I got traumatic, you know, experiences. Maybe not from like, because he showed up in the playoffs, but like injuries that happened in the playoffs last yep, year was great. Yep. Yeah, listen, man. So that's another thing I'm worried about. Even though he's more durable, right? I right. We thought we thought the same thing about CP3. Oh, he's turning the leaf in durability. He got hurt this year. Mm-hmm. You just never know when guys get hurt. And you come off your first NBA season, mm-hmm. you're not playing. There's always a risk factor for injury, especially with a guy like Embiid and how he falls to the ground. You never know. It could be yeah. a little thing. It could be a big thing. It could be a little nuanced thing. It could be a big nuanced thing. It could be anything. So, yeah, I'm going to go low, and I'm going to stick with low for right now. I, I personally have a vendetta with Jalen Brown real quick because of what he did to Jaylen, Jason Tatum during the playoffs when the Celtics should have beat the LeBron James when he was on the Cavs in that Eastern Conference Finals. He sold your boy, Jason Tatum, when Tatum was going on a crazy run. I think at 33, 34 that game when he dunked on LeBron, they had the lead. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Brown could have hit a shot. Tyre Rose could have hit a shot. Those guys right now, they on my list. They on my my, my, my list. And you got to show me something <laughs> after what you did. You sell. You you sold, and he sold last year. Jalen Brown, you, you know, I was on, I got it on tape how how critical I was of Jalen Brown and what he was doing last year in the play, in the finals. And one more. He has a lot to prove to me. I, I need one, to see it. One more question to bring us home. <laughs> Which coach in the Eastern Conference has the most approved? Oh, uh, hmm. it would have to be Doc Rivers, I think. No, there you go. It would have to be Doc Rivers. There you because, go. The reason being, <laughs> Joe, Joe Mazzulla has like really no pressure. The talent's there. Right. Yep. There's no pressure over there. Mike Bowden, who's already won a ring, so he yep. really got no pressure. Nick Nurse, no pressure on Jack Vaughn. Oh, wait, actually, you could go Nick Nurse. You can't go Nick Nurse. Because Nick Nurse has a team that won a championship already. And he has the but, same caliber of but players. Do we really think they're going to be a top four team to come out? No, I don't think so. I but don't that's know why he has the pressure. He could possibly lose his job this year if they don't make the damn playoffs. Nah, I think they, 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 they could be selling at the though, deadline. Bro. 
They it's should be Doc tellers. Rivers because Doc Rivers haven't won the championship since 2008. Doc Rivers lost three to one leads multiple times in his there coaching career. And Doc Rivers haven't been to a conference championship and I don't know how long. Like, there come on, go. bro. This second round stint thing ain't working with me. I can't keep calling you a great coach. You keep being banged out in the second round. <laughs> and with that's points. the funny part about it. Because I predict that the 76 is going to get bounced in the second round. That's literally how I see them. I see them as a second round bounce. Man. And that's just what it is. Cuzzo, I'm going to pass the mic over to you. Oh, man, man. For that ride man, or die. Man. I am very, very curious to see who you're going to give it to because there's well, a lot of words. It is going to be crazy. Listen, I'm going to pass it to you to explain it. it. And go ahead. I know how I do it. This is Championship Sunday. We stick it on football. Somebody going to be that ride or die. And somebody going to get that smoke. If you that ride or die, I can hang with you. I can roll with you. I can win a championship with you. You a dude I can hang with. You a dude that I want to draft. You a dude that I can lead a franchise. You a dude that I trust with my children. That's a ride or die. And if you get that smoke, that's no joke. I'm not playing. You are horrible. I'm questioning everything about you. I don't care about your professional status. I don't care about your past record. I don't care what's going on. Do you want to win a championship or not? And that's how you get the smoke. So let's just start it up, baby. Okay, let's go to it. Who is that rod and cat? It's Patrick Mahomes. I knew it. Come on. The man was playing on one leg. The man was being disrespected. They was calling it Joe Burrow Stadium. What are we really talking about? He had no receivers. We forgot about that. No running game. They only rushed for un under 50 yards. I forgot about that. At the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes, I don't care what anybody say, he stared it right down in the cold and went to it. Two and two touchdowns, over 300 yards, okay? He led his team to victory. And on that last play, and this is why he's that ride or die, we know that man was hurt. Let's be clear. Let's be fair. And he ran full speed for the first time since he got injured on a very crucial play to get that first down, which eventually caused him to get pushed out of bounds for them to kick that field goal. The entire game, he did not run full speed. That was the only time because it was game time and he put his life on the line. He put his pain on the line. And when a man do that, I can roll with you. I can hang with you. And you're going to be that ride or die, okay? Because when you do things that we're not expecting you to do, when you play above expectations, even when people are going down, falling by the wayside, injuries over here, injury over there, players not coming back, players not suiting up, clearly you injured, clearly you making no excuses. I'm going to win this game. And in the crucial moment, with the pain tolerance, he put on his wheels full speed, got that first down, got pushed out of bounds. Bill goal, game time, ride or die, Patrick Mahomes, Freddie system status. I'm Zay, I pass the mic to you. Respond. You know, I thought that was an excellent take. You know, like I said, the man was one leg pat. You can't even, I can't even go against the man. Like, I'm not saying the man. Listen, you know, you know how I felt already, but I think that was a great yeah. take. You know, I think that was a great take. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Mahomes. I think you know you can't you can't argue against Mahomes being a rider guy. You can't you can't argue against that. Like Mahomes, he hasn't had a you know Ty Hill gone. He back to yep. the Super Bowl. You can't you back can't go against that. That's I, against I, I, I told I said already. I didn't think the Chiefs had it in them to make it to another Super Bowl without Ty Hill. I thought he was the reason the offense was spread out. It was different. Hey, they got back to another one. You can't go against that. Patrick Mahomes, I can't complain. Got you, baby. I mean, look, man, it was a gritty performance by Patrick Mahomes, no doubt about it, on one leg, you know, hopping around. 
and um, he made the necessary plays to win the game. Like I said before, when we started our take, there was a lot of variables and components on why the Bengals lost that game. Me personally, if I had to give a player of that game, player of the game, it would be Chris Jones. The way how he wrecked that offensive line by himself. They double teamed him. They trapped him. He still was getting through two sacks, a couple quarterback hits. I mean, he made his blueprint on that game. And you can argue the reason why, you know, the Chiefs were able to get that many possessions back was because of Chris Jones. And, you know, it was a team collaborative effort. But, um, yep. yeah, I mean, that shit ride or die. And, right. No, no, real, real quick, cousin. I had him right behind Patrick Jones as I was weighing it out. Um, you're right about that extra possessions, though, because in the fourth quarter, they they when 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 they tied the game up, Cincinnati, it was 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They had the ball multiple times, yeah, and clearly Chris Jones was a factor. No, no doubt, no doubt. And the that. Chiefs didn't score that time, so yeah, Absolutely. I pass it to you to deliver that smoke. Okay, man. Listen, man, y'all already know how I feel about this, man. Just do you want to win a championship, man? This is Championship Sunday. The game's on the line. You got a 53-man roster. You got fans. You got executives. You got owners. You got everything on at your disposal. Do you want to win a championship? And if you don't want to win a championship, go home. That's how I feel about this. Go home. So who's going to get that smoke? The Freddy system ain't no joke. I'm about to give somebody all the smoke, and it's going to Kyle Shanahan. You ruined it, bro. What was you thinking? How the heck in the first quarter you don't block the leading sack leader for the Philadelphia Eagles who lead the league in sacks? How you going to block this man? Get your quarterback hurt. The whole 53-man roster, your entire your defense who played lights out football for the entire season now your quarterback is out and now all of them gotta suffer because of your mistake that's a huge mistake that's a bad mistake he's not gonna win a championship he's not he's not a champion we don't blew 28 to 10 leads we don't seen all this 28 to 3 we don't seen all of this before and you come right here on championship sunday in the first quarter and not block hassan running how could you do that so you're gonna get the smoke you gotta get smoked the freddy system ain't no joke Kyle Shanahan is getting all the smoke. Really quick, Zay. He ruined a perfectly great game. Because had Brock Birdie didn't get hurt, right, and he blocked for this man, we might have saw a more entertaining game. We might have saw a more competitive game. He ruined it for the fans. He ruined it for his team. He ruined it for the state of, of California, San Francisco. He ruined it for everybody. Kyle Shanahan should be not let off the hook right now. I know he's a great coach. I know he's excellent. But right then and there, can you block somebody? How is the sun running not getting blocked? He got to get the smoke because he let his team down. The quarterback got hurt because you thought it was great not to block Hassan Ruddick. And you going to get the smoke. Kyle Shanahan, it is what it is. Freddie says some stats. Zay, once again, you can start the smoke. <clears throat> you know, Freddie, and I think I, I think you. this is fair. Absolutely fair, and I agree with you 100%. Kyle Shanahan deserved all the smoke. But there's one more person. I'm surprised you didn't give the smoke to. There's one more person. I'm surprised you didn't give the smoke to. But I know it's because they won. Jalen Hurts. I'm surprised you didn't give the smoke to Jalen Hurts. 25 pass attempts, 121 yards, 160 total yards. This is not the quarterback that we've seen all season. This is not the mm. dynamic, the, the star that, that drove teams crazy, the teams that, that didn't know how to defend him, didn't know what to do with him. Jalen Hurts did not look like himself against the Niners. And he had ample time to take advantage, even after Brock Purdy got hurt. Jalen Hurts did not take advantage. We saw Miles Sanders go off. We saw Boston Scott go off. We saw Gainwell go off. I was waiting for Hurts to go off. I ain't see Hurts go. I was hurt watching Hurts. Yo, yo. Listen, if they would have lost, 
oh, he was definitely getting a smoke. Like, from an Eagle fan, he would have definitely got that smoke. But he did win, so it is what it is. Party you shocked about Jalen Hurts and Kyle Shanahan? What about Joseph Asi? Yes, the hit I on Patrick see. Mahomes. What are we doing here? That cost him the game. That Clear. cost him the game. It gave them 15 Clear. yards to kick a reasonable field goal. That right. literally, that boneheaded play cost in the game. When you right. do a play like that, you got to find your way home. You ain't rolling with us. You ain't getting on a plane. You find your way home by yourself. Okay, you, you can't ride with us. That's the definition of ride or die, right? Ride on the plane, no, no ride doubt. or die. No you going to find your way home after that. Okay, because that was despicable. And on top of that, these referees, they got to get the smoke too. Mm. That was atrocious. I have never seen so much flags in my life. We talked about the NBA and them not calling nothing and them blow holding the wrist in. These cats are throwing out flags like it's that on the Labor Day parade. Okay? That's how much flags they throwing out here. Okay? It's crazy to me. Not to mention that Joe Bro on the drop before got a late hit. Got a late hit. Where was the referee? That's how I know it was fixed. So the referee, Joseph Asti, Autumn, Kyle Shannon, they all got to get the smoke. Listen, really quick. Now, I was going to give it to Joseph, right? But it was a one play. I believe if you really wanted to give it to somebody from Cincinnati, it was Zach Taylor, the coach. Because I thought even him kicking the ball down the middle of the field, I thought a lot of um, things that he did that was very questionable in this game that they should have probably wound up winning this game. He did a lot of questionable things to me, in my personal opinion. Absolutely. And that wraps up another segment of Ride or Die and Smoke. And you know what time it is right now. It's time for that take, that wonderful take, that expensive take for a very cheap price. That take for 99 cents where we give you a take in all of sports that's running through our minds rapidly that we didn't get a chance to fire off. But now is the opportunity. OK, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to fire it off right now. And my take for 99 cents, I actually want to give you a whole pina colada. I want to show you a picture right now. Look oh. at this right here. Look at this. Mm. Look at that. Mm-mm-mm. One guy is smiling. Like he just graduated college mm -hmm. and the other guy looks like he just got his mama kidnapped or whatever. Right. Two different reactions there. Same result. Two different reactions. I'm going to touch on it right now. My take for 99 cent is that the Russell Westbrook's bad teammate label is now given the opportunity to be justified. Mm. OK, because look, why is this guy smiling? I thought it was all about winning. You just lost to the Boston Celtics. Y'all got robbed by the Boston Celtics, by the referees. Why are you smiling? You see, when you talk about LeBron James, I know I've, I've come at LeBron James in the past. I never questioned LeBron James' desire to win, desire to win championships. I questioned his way to do it. You know, building these super teams and playing with Hall of Famers and connecting with Hall of Famers. I questioned that. I questioned his motives to chase Michael Jordan. But I never questioned his desire to win basketball games. But when it came to Russell Westbrook, I was often on the same side and against the side. Right? I jumped right. shit back and forth. Is Russell Westbrook getting an unfair card when it comes to the media and the perception of him? Or is it justified? But if you're one of those media guys or the guy that's supposed to be defending Russell Westbrook, how could you look at this picture and justify that he's not a bad teammate? That there's some ulterior motives? Because there is. You can justify that. And that's my take for 99 cents. You know, my take for 99 cents um, is that the 49ers should go after Lamar Jackson as much as possible. 
Um, I think this team, uh, once again, another year where the quarterback position has failed them, no matter injury, do anything. Another position, another year that the quarterback position has failed them to them securing a Super Bowl appearance or even a Super Bowl win. I think it's time to them to um, put the assets together and make that big purchase at quarterback. I think Lamar Jackson, the fact that he is questionable to go back to Baltimore, that he may not sign that big deal over there in Baltimore, gives them the ample opportunity to do so. The Ravens could get a quarterback, or rather if it's Huntley, it's Trey Lance, whoever the hell they want. They get assets. You get a bunch of assets back for Lamar Jackson because you can't pay him for San Fran can. And San Francisco gets a quarterback for the foreseeable future, for their future, and Lamar Jackson. It gives them Kyle Shanahan, a quarterback that has a, a dual threat. He could do whatever he wants with, with that position. It gives them, makes them extremely lethal with Debo there. If Christian McCaffrey stays there, don't know. He may opt out, may opt in. We don't know. Um, and it gives them that opportunity to do so. You need a dynamic superstar quarterback. San Fran has been devoid of that for some time now. It's time for them to get a dynamic quarterback because that position has been void of an, a, a good, a great um, player at that position for quite some time. Now, Brock Purdy did what he could do as the Mr. Irrelevant. He did a great job, but you need a superstar at that position. You got superstars all around you except for the leader, which is the quarterback. You need a superstar there, and that's my take for 99 cents. That both has some really, really great takes. But my take for 99 cent going back to the NBA, actually going back to the Lakers, cousin. My take for 99 cent is the Lakers is going to make a run. Okay. The LA Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis is coming back. Russell Westbrook is going to make a run. My take for 99 cent is before this season is out, they're going to be a top four seed in the West. The Lakers is going to make a run. LeBron James is going back to the, he's going to handle business. LeBron James want to go win a championship because it's time. The man is averaging 30 points a game. Okay, and I believe in LeBron James. I believe in Anthony Davis. I believe in Russell Westbrook that they're going to make a run in the Western Conference before the season is over and they will be a top four seed. Freddie system status. And that's my take for 99 cents. Yo, I don't even know what to say, man. That take should have been for free, bro. I'm just keeping a boom. That take should have been for free. Top four seed in the rest of the conference. Yeah, I'm flabbergasted. I think my night is all but over. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another segment of 99 cents and another episode of 99 pod. And once again, like, subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content that we have coming your way. We'll be back next week. 99 pod awards. You don't want to miss that. We are giving out awards all over the place. We're going to see who takes it home. Ladies and gents, co-hosts, Cuzzo, Zay, it was always a pleasure. And it always will be a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. Eagles, baby. (laughs) We out. Peace out. Peace out. You know the vibes. Peace. I ain't never had no money. out here trying to get me away. Ain't nobody helping, I was hungry Fake friends, they just slipping away Now I got it, so I bought